Hi there, and welcome to Scale. I am your host, Stuart Ritchie, founder and CTO, lead developer at Power by Coffee. Scale is a podcast about media and technology, how technology impacts the media, and how media is in turn impacted by technology. Power by Coffee is a open source web development and software development agency focused on media, solving problems as and when they come up. Today, we have a guest, David Smith. David is a lead DevOps engineer with Pagely. Pagely are a leading provider of managed hosting services for WordPress, and their clients include many, many media companies at various sizes and scales and and operations, some very small, and then some of the very biggest media conglomerates in the world. David, first of all, thank you very much for being on. And thank you for having me, sir. Not a problem. I want to start with the job title, DevOps engineer. I think DevOps is a thing that's kind of cropped up in the last few years, but I think a lot of our listenership is probably outside of, you know, the technology developer world, listening to kind of understand some jargon that they hear and some terms. So I really think it'd be a great idea for us to just start with, with DevOps. What is DevOps and what does a DevOps engineer do? DevOps is one of those words that means exactly what you want it to mean. It means whatever HR has decided it means this week. Pagely is a pretty small company, so for for me, it means a little bit of everything. Pagely has built our own hosting stack, and we've developed some custom software that goes along with that. Plus, we work on all of the server automation so that when new customers come in, they get they get all of their all of their servers everything they need set up right away all of the integration to tie our custom software to a third party billing platform to a third party help desk it means for us it means a little bit of everything absolutely the glue that's kind of sticking all the pieces together that's, so that yeah that's what a, that's a great way to put it we are glue we are holding awesome. all the other little pieces of the internet together. Awesome. So you've got, for example, like you say, your third-party kind of like support desk and your third-party billing, and you've got the admin panel that's kind of proprietary-ish to Pagely, how that all connects together. And then within that, how all of that ties to how the actual servers are managed. So the tools that you're running to add new hardware to the fleet and then install a new user or a new customer's set of sites and all the bits and pieces that, that they need to do that. Is that about right? Exactly. Awesome. And I suppose with that, it's really important that that be absolutely repeatable and absolutely the same every time it runs and there could be no room real for variation within that. Exactly. There are, on the, on the scale that we operate, it's very important. And that is one of our guiding principles. If we do something custom, for a customer, and we do that pretty frequently, actually. We make sure that everything is documented and that everything gets put into code. We mainly use a tool called Ansible to help automate deploying code and software and configuration changes out to the fleet, and we make sure that everything is saved there. In, in a sense, the code is the business. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that's great. So now that we've kind of established that baseline of like, what is DevOps? 
let's kind of come back to kind of what we normally go through. David, tell us, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Pagely. Tell you how you got, got where you are and what a, what a day looks like at Pagely for you. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, for me, a day is a little bit of everything. Helping respond to customer tickets and helping develop new tools and automations to make things work even even more smoothly than they already do. Keeping the trains running, as they say. I have been... So I started working at a very small little mom-and-pop internet service provider in the Midwest United States back when dial-up modems were a thing and website hosting was just sort of a sideline. And from there, I moved on. I spent several years working in higher education for Washington University in St. Louis. Essentially, they hired me to be the WordPress guy and the Linux guy. At the time, they were pretty much a 100% Microsoft Windows shop. And we got them we got them out of that rut a little bit because one of their internal customers, the folks in public affairs, marketing communications now, wanted to use this new piece of software new to them called WordPress, which mm-hmm. nowadays you may have heard of it. It's running by most estimates forty some odd percent of all websites on the internet. So it it's you know, it's a thing now. Absolutely. And I think plenty of our audience knew it knew it well. <laughs> exactly. And from there, I had a great opportunity to move on to Pagely to get to spend even more time in the hosting space, which was always my favorite part of working for that smaller ISP back in the day. And here we are today. Absolutely. So then and tell us about Pagely more explicitly, I suppose, because there are hundreds of thousands of, of web hosts out there. So what what kind of sets Pagely apart? I mean, obviously there's the managed WordPress site, which is kind of the the crux of it. But even if you didn't think WordPress and just like, you know, running a PHP application on this, what makes what makes Pagely different from everyone else? Pagely's focus is what I like to think of as upscale WordPress hosting. You're absolutely sure. right in that there are lots of places that will give you a shared account on a shared server for your little personal blog and your mom's recipes for a few dollars a month for not a lot of money. And if you're just hosting something very small like that, honestly, that's probably fine. But if this is something where it's a big part of your business, if it is your business, then you're going to want something a bit more upscale. You're going to want dedicated servers. You're going to want dedicated resources for your website and for your database. You're going to want experts that are on call for you 24 hours a day that can help if you do have problems. And that really is where Pagely comes in. Pagely was started in 2009. Pagely was one of, if not the first, hosting companies that were focused specifically on WordPress, on that platform. And we do occasionally do some things beyond that for some of our customers, but the WordPress platform really is our focus. And that is what drives us. And that is what, that, that is 
that is the value proposition for Pagely, is that you have people that are focused on this one stack and that are experts in in those pieces of technology. Absolutely. There are also many, many hosts now that focus on WordPress. Obviously, Pagely's been around for a long time. You say 2009. Certainly one of the first I recall coming across as like a, we are a WordPress host rather than a, here is a VPS, you do what you want. And here is, you know, a shared hosting account. So definitely in that first kind of round of managed hosting providers. But what do you, what is kind of Pages differentiator between the likes of say Kinsta or WP Engine or some of the other players in that space? Sure. Obviously we have been around longer than most of those other companies. Mm-hmm. We have we we have focused entirely on building our infrastructure within Amazon Web Services within the oh. AWS cloud oh. because they have been around longer than anybody in the public cloud space. They've done it the longest sure. and we think that they do it the best. And we we have built our own software on top of of that. We have our own custom management platform. We have our own custom server-side software, and everything is designed with the WordPress and the AWS integrations top of mind, just so that you, you, the customer, have everything put together in in one platform, in one place. Right, okay. From my experience, AWS is incredibly powerful, but an incredibly complex tool. But you don't see a lot of that exposed to you within Pagely, I have found it hides it really well about how complex like that kind of top tier cloud hosting really is. So yeah, you do a good job of, of hiding it. Because I know there's Thank been you. plenty of occasions where we've had to dip into some of the AWS tooling behind the scenes from within Pagely as well. But that's cool. So I want to then let's bring this back around to kind of some of the media stuff. Probably when we think about like media sites, and maybe you kind of disagree, we kind of split them into kind of three broad categories. I want to say like small and startups, you know, single brands, they're maybe doing a lot of traffic, but there's relatively low complexity, scaling up brands or enterprise brands where there's maybe multiple brands either running in like a multi-site scenario, or there's a lot of additional functionality that kind of goes along with those. And then the next level up from that is what I call platform media companies that have lots and lots and lots of brands and lots and lots of different entry points into their, into their content. Pagely obviously works really well at kind of handling these at each size and can be kind of tailored and built up into whatever platform, whatever solution you need for, for those clients. But you want to tell us how, I mean, let's work through those, I suppose, from from those kind of smaller and startup media sites, you know, one of the big things is always performance. They tend to be really new, really ad focused, really trying to build their audience. You know, how does, how does Pacey kind of work with those? Do you feel like, and one of the things we always see is like I say, performance, like how fast can you make these pages? Yeah, absolutely. For, for most businesses, we actually would probably recommend starting on a plan that coincidentally we call our performance plan. All right. <laughs> and yeah, thanks for the plug. And that gets you into the Pagely platform, gets you the Pagely experience at a relatively low cost. You will get a dedicated server. You'll get access to all of our expertise. 
we'd be glad to help you out, depending on what kind of content you're working. If, say, you were a smaller podcaster working with working on distributing your podcast to the world, we might be able to help you integrate into the Amazon, into the AWS CloudFront content distribution network so that your podcasts are globally available with the best possible latency so that people streaming or downloading your podcast will have the the least amount of content buffering and hiccups. You'll have that dedicated server for any server-side code that you need to run. And we can certainly, you know, as your as your business gets bigger, if you if you scale out from podcasts into selling related related merchandise, maybe we can help you add on things like the WordPress, WordPress WooCommerce plugins to handle payments and to help you with with your merchandise. We can scale your server up as you get bigger and have more and more dynamic aspects to your website. You know, we can work with you. We absolutely have have the flexibility you need to grow to to grow with you. Absolutely. So, I mean, one of the one of the things that these publishers we have always find are the things they tend to be most concerned about is high performance. The sites are so you know everybody's really really very concerned all the time about their core web files, as an example. And kind of one of those core web files is you know time to first byte is what I've always called it. That's been renamed within Core Web Vitals to something else that's kind of part of a bigger one. But it's that like, how long does the server take to respond to to this request? The next kind of big thing they have is like, all right, well, how, even if the page is fast, it kind of actually handle, handle the traffic. So, you know, we get, you know, a couple of hundred thousand views a month on this site. Is it going to be able to handle that? Is it going to slow down? Is it doing great? Is it going to be a nice predictable level of performance? And then the, the last thing is that kind of overall uptime. So kind of within, you know, how does Pacey kind of handle all these? Is there, I know there's obviously a lot with the performance stuff beyond the, the just the servers being fast and be able to scale up. There's a whole layer of like caching infrastructure and stuff, but go on, can you tell us about this? Oh, there than... are, the, the, it's, it's caches all the way down. There's... Of course. And that is another big part of, of PageLeaf's secret sauce is that we have, as part of our server-side platform, we have content caching. So the front page of your site, which I imagine for most websites is going to be where most of your visitors start, that will already be cached as soon as someone visits it. We generate that content and save it for however long you need it, save it for minutes, save it for hours. And then the next visitor, of course, will not have to wait those hundreds of milliseconds for that content to be generated. It's already there. And that's another thing that can be sped up with things like, like we have, we have a service called press three, which um, at the end, you'll notice the S three, which ties into Amazon's S three storage. And you can, sure. And you can take static assets like your podcasts, maybe, and those will be globally distributed so that those assets, and this also works for a lot of graphic files, a lot of the other static assets on your websites, those will be globally distributed and will load up 
very quickly because the content is coming from someone local to you instead of a web server off in another region. So I'm in the central United States and Mm -hmm. AWS has data centers where your web servers live. There's data centers over in Virginia, about a thousand miles that away. There's data centers in Oregon and California, about 2,000 miles the other way. But they have edge locations where the traffic goes into the Amazon network all over the place. There actually is one here in St. Louis in the middle of the United States. So 80, 90 percent of the web requests can potentially be cached and it will come from a point that's five milliseconds away from me instead of 50 or 75 milliseconds. And, you know, that speed is exactly the sort of thing that Core Web Vitals is looking at. Absolutely. So is this perhaps more closely aligned to the CDN slash content delivery network more than the Press 3 service that is offloading your kind of static assets into S3, presumably so that the CDN can then Amazon's CloudFront it's cloud front, not cloud flare. Always get the two confused. Sure. Can access sure, so those. Yeah. So that you are, and that's not like an add-on. That's not something that we're having to do inside of WordPress. That is part of the hosting. It is kind of handled automatically by the platform. It's not enabled by default because it does add a little bit of extra complexity. So sure. we generally recommend that you get the website onboarded first to make sure that everything works. And then, you can go to the control panel and you can enable some of these extra features. You can contact support to get Press 3. You can enable the Press CDN, which is our name for integrating into CloudFront. And that's just a couple of buttons within our management interface. You know, you start with the basics and then you can build on from there. You can add on the extra complexity and the extra performance. Absolutely. And of course, that is one of the benefits of PageLeaves that we've done all of this hard work for you. Mm-hmm. Setting up CloudFront is the polite way to say it would be inconvenient, awkward, <laughs> pain in the behind, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. And we've done and we've done all of that hard work for you. Yes. So even then, at the very kind of like most at the kind of kicking off, like you're just getting started. You know, good managed hosting, PageLeaves and many others, you're looking at that CDN integration into CloudFront in this case, that you're not having to take care of, you're not having to go ahead and configure it yourself. It's just part of the platform, part of the hosting. And additionally, that layer of you know, on-server caching for page generation so that there isn't a need to be installing with, frankly, very fragile and unreliable WordPress plugins that make this very difficult to do and difficult to manage. It's just part of part of how the hosting platform works. Is that about right? Exactly. Those third-party plugins, they do exist and they do work well enough, but most of them are something that you have to pay extra for. And you know, they are third-party plugins. So the web request has to go all the way through the stack, through the web server, down to the actual WordPress software before it can pull this cached content back out. And Mm -hmm. by having caching be a part of the Pagely platform, that just 
just save a few more cycles. It means that that page load is just another few milliseconds even faster. And it's one less thing that you as site owner have to think about. It sounds awesome. It is awesome because we've used it. So then like, I think that's like a great starting place for someone who's coming in to look, look at the hosting of you know where their, their site is going to live. Is it going to be fast? Is it going to be performing? Is it going to stay fast under, under traffic and under load? But what about now for that kind of next group up? There's kind of scaling up brands who the, all those perform, all those concerns exist from, from the startups, but they've got different concerns now. They're a bit bigger. They're a bit more on the scene. They have to be concerned with you know, security, not that the smaller brands don't, but they really need to be taking this um, seriously. Compliance, you know, making sure they've got the right data warehousing, the right locations, kind of all the right information they need to meet with their own local government's needs. And, you know, potentially with developer tooling as they kind of get slightly bigger, are likely to have more functionality, things are a bit more critical. There's going to be e-commerce, there's going to be membership sites, there's going to be other ways that people are interacting and integrating with those sites. How does Pagely help here? How does Pagely work in these scenarios? Sure. We do offer CICD tooling, continuous integration, continuous delivery for people who love their acronyms. But I think everyone just calls it CICD, mm -hmm. which is essentially a way to hook your source code into the web server so that when you make a change and you commit this change to your source code repository, you can have it automatically get deployed to the web server and that new code is there within moments so that whenever you change something, it's ready to go and you can make sure that everything is still working. You can validate those changes immediately. We hook into all of the major providers. We have integrations for GitHub, is probably our preferred one, but we also have integrations to GitLab and Bitbucket Server and one or two other providers whose names escape me. But if it's somebody that we haven't worked with, we'd still love to hear from you. We can probably help you out with it anyways. Those are just sure. the ones that, that we have the most experience with. Okay. And that's very much within the developer tooling realm there. Right. So a developer, whoever's working on the site generally will have all the source code in, in a repository on kind of, like you say, one of those services. And effectively there are rules that can be set up. So when a change is made in one of those repositories, a process is kicked off that moves all that source code, compiles it, does the actions it needs to get it into the shape of a website and then replaces the existing deployed website within within Pagely. And you Just can and you can and probably should have all of this go through a couple of levels first. It's very common to set up a test or staging website and you push everything to that site first to make sure that the code doesn't have oh I overlooked a semicolon and now my entire site has crashed, which happens more often than you might think. Yeah, And we also have tooling, you know, if you have recently made a bunch of big changes to your production site, you've just added a bunch of new content. We also have tooling to help you sync all of that content from your production site down to your test and staging sites mm -hmm. so that you have the most current content available there to make sure that 
new podcast you just put out doesn't somehow cause problems with your website's theme or anything silly like that. We have tooling to help you get your code up through the stack and to get your content back down the stack so that you can test everything out as thoroughly as you can. And one other thing that you had mentioned was security. We do have a dedicated security team here at Pagely who are, Mm -hmm. who work even harder than the rest of us do because they are on the hook for so many things 24 hours a day. We have our SOC Type 1 compliance, and we're working through the audit process for SOC Type 2 Correct. to help emphasize all of the steps, all the processes we have to keep your content and your data safe and secure within our environment. Absolutely. The security one is a very interesting one because there are so many different ways that you know this can, can go. Like, There's obviously the security of kind of the user accounts of like people who have access to Pagely's control panel, you know. Um, you might have, you know, who the technical leadership within the company is, individual developers, billing, you know, all those kind of different accounts that can get access into the control panel. A whole other layer of security of like, well, which of these users should actually be able to access the server? And crucially, which parts of the server should these users be able to access? Like this developer can only access, for example, this site and this site for you know, a variety of reasons internal to that that company. And that's beyond the kind of general, like the internet is very hostile to everything. But yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yes. And Pagely have taken a lot of those things into consideration already Mm -hmm. to get into our control panel. Obviously, there has to be one super admin who sets up the account that has access to everything. But then you can create other contacts within your company that can only access the billing side of things. You can create users that have access to the servers, but not the billing side. You can have people who have only SSH and SFTP access to individual sites, but not all of them. We We have a lot of flexibility in terms of making sure that access to that part of the business can be locked down. And there's, of course, all sorts of other things. You know, things. There's access to the server itself, which mm-hmm. is locked down to a subset of Pagely staff and those people that you specify that should be able to SSH into the server. And that is not enabled by default for everyone that you add to sure. an account. There is, once you have your WordPress site up and running... There's always the possibility that that username and password, that those credentials could be compromised and somebody could take over your website. And we can't always prevent that, but we can certainly help you remediate that. If they put up something that they shouldn't have, we can help you get that account locked out. We can help you roll your website back to yesterday's backup. We can help you remediate that and help you track down the culprit there's you know there are so there are so many ways that something like that can happen and Mm. our security team they they are on top of it they as as we're recording this yesterday was a u.s holiday and most of us had the day off and their slack channel was just busy as a bee all day with them 
trying to proactively keep our customers safe. Absolutely. Yeah, because I know one of the things we've also noticed is things like, particularly within the WordPress world, WordPress itself is actually surprisingly secure. It's the plugins and the ecosystem around it that generally, so even notifications of like, there's been a vulnerability found in X, Y, or Z plugin, you know, automated scanning that we are running is telling us that you are running this version. Please ensure that it is updated, you know, quickly coming through as support tickets raised for us from Pagely. Exactly. And depending on the vulnerability, if it's something very severe, we may just go ahead and update it for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last thing within that realm is, is the compliance piece. Obviously compliance, you know, kind of legal frameworks of like things you're hosting and infrastructure have to meet can vary by jurisdiction, but is that something Page is able to help us with as well? I mean, one of the obvious ones is where is data located? Where does it live? You know, if we're a, a European company, is it possible to have our data and the data centers we're using kind of be within Amazon's European um, centers rather than the US, for example? Of course. And that is another one of the reasons that Pagely work with AF exclusively for, for our hosting needs is that with have data center on every continent except Antarctica, and I'm sure they're working on that one somehow. Yeah. And we can we can put all of your resources, your databases, your virtual servers in just about any location that they offer service. Awesome. Good stuff. Then I think so if if we're looking at kind of the entirety of kind of the small and startup sites and kind of these scaling up media brands. Within Pagely's perspective, there's no actual distinction there. It's all those tools are available to everyone, regardless of kind of what they're doing. It's the number of server assets and kind of how big those, how, how much resource you're using up within, within Amazon that kind of is the, the differentiator. Is that about right? Correct. We... Use the same software from on everything from the smallest low end from the developer plans all the way up to through performance plans all the way up to the enterprise plans all the way up to high availability plans that involve multiple servers scaled across different data centers and sometimes even yeah. different geographic regions. It's the same software all the way down. It works pretty much identically regardless of your environment. Whether you are on one of those smaller plans and you're only hosting a couple hundred thousand visitors a month, or if you need to tack a couple more zeros onto the end of that number. It's the same yeah. stack and you'll be working with the same people. It can help you out and can help you as you grow. Absolutely. Well, then that then brings us nicely kind of onto our last group of these companies, what I call like platform media companies. So again, you know, folks who have, you know, lots of brands, lots of different touch points within those brands and who can be handling characteristically huge traffic spikes, but not just a single traffic spike necessarily. They might have multiple viral articles or multiple viral pieces of content across their different brands all at the same time. How, you know, how do we, how do we handle this within, within Pagely? You mentioned there scaling across multiple multiple machines. Is that is that the answer here that we're looking at? 
sometime. We usually recommend, and there are good arguments both ways on this, but we usually recommend keeping as much as you can, keeping things on a single server and scaling that server up because there's a lot less complexity to it. If everything is on one web server, you have this single source of truth. This is where all of your media assets are. This is where all of your code is running. And as soon as you scale that out, all of a sudden you have a whole new stack of problems. You have to make sure that when you upload your new podcast, that it gets copied over to all of the other web servers so that when a visitor goes looking for it, it doesn't matter which web server they hit, it's there. You have to make sure that when code gets deployed, it gets replicated across. If you have multiple database servers, you have to make sure that when you make a change to something that it gets committed to the right places. And mm -hmm. obviously there are customers that need that, whether it's for, whether you really, your, your environment is so big that you cannot handle all of the traffic on a single server, even the biggest ones that AWS have, which are servers with, I think, 192 CPU cores, which is just absolutely insane. But there, we have customers that where their needs are bigger than that. And we have customers where they don't have that much traffic, but they want or they need for whatever regulatory or legal reason to have this content replicated across multiple regions so that even if a web server goes down and AWS is reliable, but they're not perfect. Nobody is. Sure. You still want all you still want. You still need everything to be available. And that adds a lot of extra complexity. You have to make sure that all of those, all of those moving pieces work mm -hmm. and we can do it. We have done it for brands that you've heard of. But it's not usually our first recommendation just because, you know, more complexity means more things that can go wrong. But yeah. if you actually do need that, and there, sir, there certainly are businesses that do, we can help you out there too. Is it more likely that someone needs that multi-location, multiple server setup to handle traffic or to handle reliability? So, for example, like you say, AWS, really good, really reliable but not infallible. So you maybe do get an availability zone goes down and that could take a, down you know, a huge chunk of servers. So then the user can swap over to the, the other availability zone. Obviously it's really expensive to do because you're keeping a copy of everything like exactly. running all the time without any kind of traffic going to it just on the offhand that you you need it for the half hour, hour that um, and so which, which, which do you think is more common in those instances? Probably the reliability case. Yeah. You, so you, you want to have, up. yeah, you no, want to have everything, you know, if you want your content to be available all the time, as close to a hundred percent as it's humanly possible to do, then mm -hmm. you need that replication. You need that redundancy that we do have some customers that have something like that just because of the volume of traffic that they handle. But there's not as many of those as there are the customers that need the reliability and the redundancy. Awesome. Are there, do you ever find situations where 
only answer because we've had this like happen once or twice where sites are relatively low traffic, but they are using almost all of a EC2 or um, an Amazon compute unit that they are accessible on, but any, they occasionally get spikes. So this is where we have used things like auto scaling on AWS. It was like, you need a spike, you need to be able to handle it to drop back down. And that happens occasionally. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. It's just a good, like thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that is another thing that comes up. If you know, if you're an e-commerce site and you know that you're having a big fail next week, reach out to us. We'd be glad mm -hmm. to preemptively upscale your server for a few days so that it mm -hmm. has those extra resources. We don't generally do the kind of auto scaling that you described because that's even more complexity on top of the usual. Yeah. If you have two web servers that are running all the time and you have to keep content in sync between them, that's a lot of complexity. And if you have more servers than that, that can come and go dynamically, that just adds it up more and more and more. And that just, it's more things that can go wrong. And we don't think that, that the benefit is worth, is worth the added complexity in that case. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. David, I just know we're coming towards the end of the time we have available. So first off, thanks very much for going through all of that with us. I know that can be really difficult in some ways to think through kind of what the difference is and what is appropriate level of hosting for, for some clients. And thank you for your, your expertise and kind of what Pagely, and to be honest, a lot of the other hosts, but we like Pagely to, is to be able to provide, to tailor to these, these situations. If folk want to find out more, more about you, where can they go? Sure. If you're interested in me. You can go to davidsmith.is. That's davidsmith.is. And if you want to find out about Pagely, we'd love to hear from you. We're at pagely.com. Pagely.com. Thank you very much, David. And if you are still listening, thank you very much for making it through. I would really appreciate if you could leave Scale a review wherever you get your podcast, whether that's iTunes, the Google Play podcast app, wherever. If you would like to follow Scale, we are Scale Podcast on Twitter. There's also going to be a link tree in the show notes that will take you to everywhere you can follow this. I'm Stuart Ritchie. Again, you can follow me on Twitter and Mastodon. Links all in the show notes. David, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank and you for uh, having me. Speak soon, I'm sure. <laughs>